Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Spartan 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 70. Another good one ahead of us. Let me go straight to the panel, starting off with my boy, Steph. Steph, how you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, uh, personally, on a personal basis, I'm doing good. The family is okay, too. As far as uh, Sporting Gista, I'm doing okay, okay, okay. Uh, we'll talk about Gimbrain Sporting. Uh, but uh, we could have uh, we could have uh, got out of Gimbrain with three points. But we'll talk about that. Agreed, agreed. Going next to my boy Christian. Christian, how you doing, bro? Doing all right. Can't believe we have an actual game to talk about. Um, so that's interesting. And also, shout-out Steph wearing that 2003 khaki jacket. Did not, did not sew the removable patch on, but it is still a sporting jacket. Has the potential to be an incredible piece of piece of art there. For If you know, you know, khaki 2003. Weird <laughs> Very comfortable. That uh, unjustly lost on our little poll that we had a few months back. Yeah, uh, in my eyes, it made a good but run. Anyway, it did have a good run, indeed. And last but not least, my boy Nando. Nando, how's it going, bro? It's going well, man. It's uh, it's good to be back. Missed last week's show with you guys. Um, we got soccer back, so that's all that matters. And uh, we'll get to it here in a second. But everything's good with me and my family as well. Let's get to it. Big facts. All right, we'll start off with uh with our YouTube comment, um, coming in from Juicebox. He asked, "What's the latest news on Matilda Pereira?" Is there any chance we get him back? Uh, Nando, I'll give that one to you. you. You know of any news on Matilge? And uh, realistically, do you think we'll uh, get him back? No, realistically, Sporting under Varandas does not keep and retain talent, does not like to do things like that. Um, so, no, we're not going to retain Matilge Pereira. And last time I checked, too, because I haven't been following too much lately, um, didn't he end up hitting his uh, – getting that clause uh, triggered? Or, or he was just shy of it because of the way the Premier yeah. League finished, right? Or currently? Uh, yeah, so he was I, one game away in the that's championship. That's what it is. I, I don't yeah. see them um, keeping him. No, absolutely not. I mean, look at all the rumors going around right now with Sparty just trying to get rid of any kind of young talent from goalkeepers and so forth. No. That guy's long gone. That's it. Goodbye. Agreed. It's sad. It's Agreed. sad Worth Agreed. noting that the, uh, the championship is supposed to restart June 20th along with the Premier League. So, in theory – if he plays in that first game, we don't. This conversation doesn't even matter, you know, because he'll hit the he'll hit the, the threshold. Yep, but exactly. The threshold only mattered because it seemed like there was potential for them to maybe not restart. And I guess until they technically have, it remains a possibility. But um, if 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 the league comes back, I mean, you're assuming he's going to play at least one more game. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. He, I think he's he's played most of them anyway. So yeah, yeah. Um, he's as good as gone. Um, all right, last next question from Twitter comes in from our old compatriot Sam Fonseca at Sam Fonseca with two A's at the end uh, on Twitter. He asks, uh, and this is I guess perfect to after transition into the game. But he asks, what are your opinions on Max? Should he be dropped for bad form, or should we just keep him in goal? I get that he's young and he will make mistakes, but will it get to a point that he needs to be replaced? Um, and then also a following comment from our boy Kyle, who we met out in uh, New York, at least the three of us, me, Steph, and uh, Christian. He's, he says, in my opinion, nah, let him ride it out. Mistakes will only help him grow. Plus, it's not like we have anything to play off. Um, 
I don't want to see Rene and uh, in goal and anymore. So unless you want to start Souza, then I say leave Max or leave Maxi. Uh, I'm with you there, but Christian, I'll pass this one off to you. What are, what were your thoughts on Max? Of course, I think Sam's more alluding to uh, the big mistake given uh, for the one-one. Yeah, yeah. I um, I feel at least for me, in my opinion, at least this season, there's really no, there's no other option other than to just let let him ride it out. I personally maybe support more buying a goalie that can compete for the starting spot this summer as opposed to just buying like a, a veteran backup. Um, because mm-hmm. I think Max needs a, maybe a little bit of competition and whoever, maybe let's just say, for example, Olsen, the Swedish goalie that was linked. If Olsen just is better than Olsen plays, you know, it's simple. Um, but, maybe, I mean, it's not like this is Max's first mistake. He's played a handful of games and made a handful of mistakes. He's still young. He's still promising also. Not really to give up on him anyways. All I'm just saying is that I think maybe he needs a push, and if the push ends up being better than him, then, you know, he's still a serviceable backup. But Renan, no thanks. I mean, we've seen enough, right? Yeah, no agreed. Agreed. And just to like, reemphasize something I've seen a lot on Twitter, and a lot of people have mentioned throughout the years, uh, you know, Rui Patricio wasn't um, – wasn't anything amazing when he was Maxi's age and he started playing for Spartan. So uh, definitely, either we get a starter or we give him some time. I'm with you. Anyways, Liga Nage is back, boys. We'll go straight into this game right after. Uh, but I'll quickly go through at least the big four as we uh, there was some crazy um, crazy mismatches happening. So Family Count beating Porto on the fourth on the first day two one. Um, of course, we tied 2-2 against Guimarães. I'll get right into that. Benfica also slipping up for, for first place. I Now I believe they're tied for first, and I think Porto has the advantage seeing with the head-to-head, but I've been seeing other sites give Benfica the advantage. Uh, but they tied 0-0 to Tondela at home. And then today, uh, Braga, uh, we got one point closer to our boys, one point closer to third. Uh, they lost to Santa Clara 3-2 right on the dying minutes. Uh, but anyways, let me go into the Guimarães game. Um, with our starting lineup as follows. We had Luis Maxinet, as we just mentioned, Jeremy Mathieu, Sebastian Quatz, and Quaresma, uh, the 18-year-old starting at center back with three in the back. We then had Acuña and Camacho on the on the flanks with Mateus Nunes and Bataglia in midfield, and then Lucien Vietu, Sporar, and Jovan Cabral up top um, with substitutions of Dumbia and Gonzalo Plata. Steph, I'll start it off with you, and please feel free to to chip it uh, to chime in on Max as well. What were your thoughts on the game, and uh, overall, what were your thoughts even on Ruben Amorim, uh, his true debut, we'll say? So basically, um, the uh, tactic used by uh, Ruben Amorim uh, um, was the three-four-three, and um, it's taken a minute for the team to to actually assimilate this tactic. Um, I, I didn't see the team feeling comfortable playing uh, this way. Um, the, um, there's a misconnection between the defense and midfield. Um, it's like they're afraid to make those risky passes. This, this tactic requires you to be very precise because the minute you make a mistake and you give the ball up in the midfield, the other team will be counting attacking. So I saw a very shaky team, um, not sure of themselves, uh, 
tremendous lack of confidence um, at the beginning. They they kind of regained some of it while the game was playing, um, but was not pleased with uh, with uh, Luciano Vieto, for example. So besides the team not linking together, uh, Luciano Vieto was off yesterday. He needs 10 chances to score a goal, and I'm expecting much more from him. A player of his reputation, uh, he should be uh, the chances he had to score goals yesterday. I mean, two days ago, he should have scored at least once, and he couldn't put the ball away, and that puts puts a lot of pressure on the defense and uh, and even on the goalie because, as you saw, the mistake that Maximiano made, it's because this kind of tactic requires him to be basically a center back and for him to play a lot more with his feet. He's going to be much more involved playing now with his feet than ever before. He's he's basically not just a goalie with this tactic, but he's also a defender and he's going to be used quite a lot, as you saw in the game against Kimarens. Uh, every center back was using him, and it's not because uh, the good grace of God. It's because uh, that's the way Ruben Emerin wants it, and that's the way this tactics requires a goalie that knows how to play with his feet. The mistake he made, I understand he's a young goalie, but he has to stop those mistakes. This is not the first time. Uh, he has to, but I agree, uh, he should stay. Uh, I'm not saying we should sack him at all, uh, but uh, enough is enough. He, he has to realize that those mistakes, they, they, they're the kind of mistakes that causes victories. And in this case, it did cost us a victory. We could have won 2-1. Um, but, you know, moving along, um, I was very pleased with Camacho. I think he had a great game. Um, Mateusz Nunes, he was average. Uh, he didn't make any mistakes. Uh, but I want, I'm expecting a little bit more from him. But you know what? He's, he's a... He's a youngster, so we got to give him time to evolve. But I was pleased with him. Uh, and Andreas Porad is uh, a, a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, this guy, when he has a chance to score, he will score. So I'm very pleased with his performance. He was my man of the match. I was also very impressed with uh, Giovanni. Uh, Giovanni, uh, he never left uh, the uh, Guimarães defense alone. Uh, they were always struggling to keep to, to contain him. It was just amazing. Um, Marco Cunhas, he was average too. Uh, I was expecting much from him, uh, much more from him. Uh, that was an off game for him, but in defense, he was he was good. Rodrigo Bataglia, after his uh, his injury, it's still not too confident. He, he committed a lot of fouls, a lot of fouls. But at least uh, defensively, is much better than Dumbia. But offensively, is nothing much. He can create uh, nothing much at all. Matcher, uh, solid in uh, in defense with Coates, but really off with the uh, with the direct kicks. I mean, he I think he took three direct kicks, and they were not even close to the goal. So that was a huge disappointment. Uh, overall, uh, a poor performance by Sporting. Uh, we had the lead twice. We should have uh, won this game. We let two points slip away. With today's defeat from uh, Braga, we could have been now uh, just one point away. But of course, we have to. We have to make everything so much more difficult. The second goal of the first goal of Braga was a gift. 
of uh, Guimarães was supposed to get, but the second goal, what the hell was that? It's like they were playing, playing a, you know, ping ball or something, ping pong. The ball kept on bouncing back instead of just, you know, kicking it out to corner kick or off 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 the lines. You know, I don't know. They, it, it looked like no one was willing to kick kick it out of danger. It it, it bothered me that goal. It really bothered me because we we just let the ball linger. Uh, but you know, that that's all I got to say. And uh, hopefully, the next game, uh, the team will feel more confident with this tactic. But as of now, I can see that the team is struggling with this tactic, and it takes time to to get better. But I think Ruben Amorim is realizing that he's gonna he's gonna have to to go to the market and buy players he likes for this tactic to to work. I don't think these players they're good enough for this tactic. So we shall see what's gonna bring what, what the summer market will bring us for the season 2020-21. Some of these players will have to go. And I would give it a chance to the youth for the remaining nine games. Let's let the youth play and uh, yeah. let's see what they got. Why not? We have nine games left and I'm pretty sure they'll be highly motivated and they'll do better than some of these folks. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Before passing it off to Christian and getting his thoughts, I just want to send a quick shout out in the comments here to our boys, Bidu Fernandes, and of course, a special boy, that I met out in New York also with Christian and, and, and Steph. Johnny Buckets. Jeez. Our <laughs> anyway, number one Christian, fan. Number our number one fan, one fan for sure. <laughs> Anyways, Christian, let me pass it off to you, dude. What did you think of yesterday's game? You're on mute, dude. Yep, got it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that there was actually a game happening. Like I said earlier, so it was just kind of cool to take it in, not to mention the fact that we had, as as Johnny mentioned, we had Kurejma in the 11, same with Mateus Nunes, who I thought was pretty invisible, didn't really do much. Um, kind of was like many of the other players who played in their midfield, largely ineffective. Um, but I, I thought Kurejma's debut was pretty promising. He was just solid and steady back there. And definitely think he has a future, um, especially if we're going to go with three center backs. There is more opportunity for him to play. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Good to see. Um, and then, yeah, I think the other theme that that's worth t- touching on that Steph kind of uh, touched on a little bit was just underperforming from uh, Vieto. Acuna, Bataglia, like the kind of the more experienced players on the roster, the players that we kind of expect a little bit more from. Um, and I thought that all of them were were disappointing. Um, and those are kind of players that you expect, uh, at least for this team, at least to show up. And, you know, players like Jovan, new players, Sporad, Kurejma, um, Kamashi, even uh all perform better than the you know the more experienced um you know parts of the team yeah yeah agreed and last but not least nando uh what were your thoughts on your team? uh so i think both um both chris and steph uh nailed it for the most part there's not much more to say other than the fact that um in my opinion sport they look jumbled up uh looked out of sync looked nervous apprehensive 
Um, just, you know, I guess you can say it's expected, right? Because like you said, it's technically Ruben Abrini's first game with this time in between to really start preparing. Mind you, you know, coronavirus didn't really have them practicing this whole time. Um, but I expected more. I'm not sure why I expected more, to be honest, but I expected more. Um, a couple couple players stood out negative and, and positively. So Sporar, uh, I like that he seems pretty clutch, um, gets an opportunity, gets two of them, puts it in. Uh, very good at, at, at making that run on that last pass for like the second goal. Um, you know, even the first goal, just staying on that goalie and forcing him to make that bad, that bad play. Um, we've got, uh, Quaresma, who I really enjoyed watching. I think it's pretty obvious why people, um, expect him to, uh, to be, you know, a future star and, uh, a player that we're going to see, uh, in our, in our Celeste song and everything else like that. Um, uh, Noon's pretty invisible. Like Chris said, um, don't really have much of an opinion on him. So he just, he just didn't really go out seeking the ball too much. Um, but that kind of pisses me off. Yeah, he's come back from an injury, um, but that dude is pretty much a, a nothing when it comes to offensive playmaking. He's pretty um, – it, it's like he's a more expensive version of uh, Dumbia, um, and that that kind of annoys me because Dumbia is, in my opinion, just garbage. Um, uh, real quick, Acuna defensively did better, but I've been seeing him play better defensively than offensively, than my opinion at least, as of late. Um, Giovanni, I really like, and then overall, I think that, you know, Ruben Amorim choosing to go with, uh, a younger squad with those two younger players was, was refreshing. Like Steph said, though, uh, we have absolutely nothing really to play for. I mean, I guess you could technically say that we're one point closer to Braga now, and that's up for grabs, but at the end of the day, you know, that's still Liga Europa. So whatever. Um, I, I would rather Sporting just go ahead and commit to just a bunch of young players, go at it those remaining nine games, win, lose, tie, whatever, but come out of these next nine games with like a clear path and a clear, you know, goal going into the summer market as to where we need to improve. I think Max um, definitely needs competition. I'm not sold on him as the future starter. Something about him there just doesn't wow me. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I have yet to see like a wow, like that. Look, look at all that talent. Um, he's okay. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say too, is it really, really showed. And I think we need to all as fans just move on from, from, uh, Gerald's, uh, the fact that that guy didn't even ride the bench, um, and, and completely got uh, bypassed for like noons and everything <laughs> says everything you need to think or say about Gerald's going forward. Like, I don't, his head's not as sporting as his not might quite honestly, not even be in soccer. Um, and he just, he can't even, he can't even obtain a bench role, um, with Sporting. So, uh, yeah, man, that's my take on it. Uh, the tie to me seems pretty just, yeah, we had some more opportunities, but overall it wasn't like Sporting captivated or really went for it to try to win this game. Uh, Vieto, by the way, too, he's absolutely atrocious at finishing. We all know that too. Yeah, for real. I almost broke my fucking table yesterday from how many chances he missed. Um, I, I'll give him my quick two cents as well. Uh, my only problem is I thought uh, I thought our, our midfield was like non-existent. We weren't there really for attack. We weren't there in defense. Um, I, I, I didn't like. Again, I, I, it might be the system. It might be the players. I think we have. I think that's more of it. Um, and like I was always pushing on Cilias, I'll push also on Ruben Amorim. I think Guardiola can come into this club and things won't change, you know, so I, I won't play place blame on, on not, not even the system, not even the coach. I think these players 
most of them have to go, like Steph said. Um, we need to refresh our squad uh, and, yeah, play youth. I, I like the the balls that Amurin had with playing Kurajma. It worked out for Kurajma more than Nunes. But uh, I'm not too sure Nunes really knew his role, uh, whether it was to push forward or, or stay back in defense. Um, and then the only thing I, else I have to say is I, I hate our club mentally. Uh, there At 2-1, there was no urgency whatsoever to grab the third. I, I seen us put our foot back off the pedal. Um, and not that it was a lucky goal. I, I loved Burad, and, and it was, he's like Steph said, a, a breath of fresh air. He reminds me a bit of Elietzen where he'll play within the lines and chase after the ball if he has to. Uh, and then, of course, his finishes are solid. Um, but aside from that, I didn't see much much of us going forward. Uh, it was a lot more Guimarães uh, than anything else, uh, in my opinion, in this game. Um, yeah, so weak mentally and no midfield is, is what I take from this game. And, and that's really my two cents. Marcus Edwards is, I think, right? His name Dirty. Is really good. Dirty. Even uh, And also, a quick talk, a quick point, too. Uh, João, João Teixeira... I forgot his middle name now. Uh, he used to play for Porto. I learned yesterday he came from Sporting's academy. I'm telling you, these academy kids love to score against us. It, I, I fear playing against a, a club that has a Sporting academy kid. I fear it because he's bound to score. I feel like he uh, played for what, another club to Braga, maybe? He played, uh, it might be Braga. Yeah, he played for Braga. And I know he played for Liverpool. Well, barely played for Liverpool, but he was a part of Liverpool's academy as well. He already played for Liverpool. <laughs> Kamashu too. Yeah. João, João, João Carlos Teixeira. João Carlos Teixeira. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And that's about it. Um, Steph, I know you said your man of the match was Spurar. I'll agree with you. Chris, do you have any a man of the match different by chance? Uh, yeah, I'll give it to someone else to uh, to mix it up. I'm going to give it to uh, debutante Eduardo Correjo. 100% agree. Yeah. Fair enough. Two for Spurar, two for Kurejma. Um With that being said, I don't think there's anything else to talk about this game. It was a pretty pretty boring game. Oh, how did you guys think of um, the one that I know I remember there was fireworks taking place that the Gimarães fans <laughs> I set like up. it. I like it. What are your thoughts on, on football with no fans? It's fucking yeah. sucked. Yo, they, I was watching it on Sport TV speed at least. Did anyone else for the yeah. last five minutes get like action music in the yes. background yeah yes. they, do it, they do it purposely but only the last five minutes but that it's, is so, so it's only on tv but, it's not in the stadium the stadium but, is oh, completely there was silent. talks there was talks that benfica stadium though that was happening pretty much the whole game not just yes, the last five the, minutes the, on bit tv that was also and they also did comically fake and after the fact goal crowd cheers yeah after. yeah but the commentators of Bifika TV, they're actually pretty good. And they said uh, they announced that uh, uh, it would be throughout the game, but only on Bifika TV, not on the stadium. I mean, yeah. I watch Bundesliga on Fox Sports in America. And just like the production, obviously, is just much better than whatever. Like, the Portuguese are just behind on that type of shit. Like, that's so they, they make no effort to make this at all enjoyable for the fan at home. Like we're out here just listening Boys, to a cricket were, and screaming. They were so fake and bad, and then the action music was stupid. <laughs> Port, the Portuguese league in general is just so atrocious. <laughs> noise in the background the whole time, like the German league games, and it just sounds like kind of real and just feels kind of normal. And yeah, 
you could just ask them what they did and then just do it. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be like a secret. Like, that's gonna yeah. cost too much like, money for the Portuguese viewers. Like, yeah, facts. <laughs> Actually, um, I like the action music. It reminded it reminded me of something else. I mean, what's that, bro? <laughs> no, it'll stay between us. <laughs> it's like it's a two-two game between the fourth and seventh place teams in the Portuguese league with an empty stadium. That's the exciting shit, bro. Music. Yeah, Chris, I agree with you. When you have a a game like Tondela Pass Freires, they used to play with empty stadiums. Yeah, exactly. To them, it's, it's not a. a on Erte Pedro, I was just watching uh, Bill and Ince today. They scored a banger against Avs. Oh, and uh, the, the lady was like, oh, if maybe there was fans there, there were people to commemorate that game. No, there's nobody I my head, I'm like, Avs Bill and Ince. When is there ever, ga- when is there ever fans there in the stadium anyways? <laughs> yeah, family members. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, well, this literally pulls like 500 for a 60,000-person stadium. Yeah. And, and, exactly. and we're, not, we're not shooting from the hip. I mean, you, we can go back to uh, a few games ago, and uh, you'll see the average of fans in each of those games, and it's like Chris said, five hundred, bro. But and then they'll charge you like fifty euros a pop for these. That's yeah, that's games. the problem. That's, that's the problem. Fun. I hope. I hope the only thing good to come out of this COVID thing for soccer, at least, especially in Portugal, is that the little teams will get a bit more love, just because you know, para matar soldados, even if it's just for the beginning. Hopefully it's you know to to, to bring. You'll see a lot of fans at like the regional regional level, like Vila Verde, Braga, like those inter inter like third division um, games and stuff. You'll see fans show up for that because they don't also charge a lot of money. But like it's yeah. it's been an issue in Portugal for a long time now. How mm-hmm. bad our league is at generating interest amongst uh, fans other than the big three or throw Braga in there, argument eyes. That's it. Everything else yeah. is. Horrible. And they're not, they, they lack of, uh, uh, they're not creative in Portugal. You go to an NBA game or NFL game or an uh, MLB game, there's some always something going on before the game, halftime, something exciting. Uh, in the Portuguese league, they, they put a couple girls dancing and, and that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They don't even do that right, bro. They're like the cheerleaders are awkward as hell. Yeah, it's like my Tia Maria, bro. It's not even, you know. It's not even a Maria Joana, bro. It's a Maria. <laughs> but they could give, like, you know, un bacalhau for free at halftime. I don't know. <laughs> that yeah, that would be revolutionary. Uma, uma bacalhau like, uh, punheta, you know. Uh, uh, only pastéis, down pastéis down. de bacalhau, like, being sold at, like, uh, 50 cents. Of a, yeah. A uh, yeah. That, that, in Portugal, for for our league to be promoted, they need to do a lot more as far as marketing, and uh, and the game itself. Uh, they don't do like a Taça Portugal, the final Taça Portugal. Could they do something similar to like the Super Bowl, like the halftime instead of being fifteen minutes? They could, they could do it thirty minutes. Yeah, they always try to figure out which way to bring the ball yeah. into the field. Some weird, cringy yeah. ass shit. It's always weird. But the halftime could be thirty minutes. The and they could they could do a little show, you know. But yeah, they could creative. bring out like um, Jose Mariola or something like that, or halftime. Kimbareros. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, bro! Oh, como é que é aquele do Pito Comboio? Yeah, Kimbareros mesmo. That's so clutch. You'd have at least all the damn like uh, 
Não, o Marco Paulo, caralho. O Marco Paulo. Eu tenho dois amores. For the women out there, bring out Tony Carreira. You know, they'll come out in flocks. Oh, yeah. Man, they want to see his son now. And Tony Carreira is too old. <laughs> well, they, uh, but they have some great bands in Portugal. Yeah, I mean, they, they have, they could do something like that. But, you know, jokes aside, they're not creative. And, uh, yeah. And the fans, they need they need more nowadays. It's not just a soccer game. They're expecting. Uh, it's an a experience. Show. Yeah, the the soccer game is a show, but you have to put more into it. If they look at the American leagues, uh, you know, you go to a baseball game, but it's it's more than just the the game. It's the whole experience. You know. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Even 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 comparing it to MLS, something even brand new. Dude, and the, the MLS is completely a uh, lot re revamp the way they approach soccer in this country. I mean, look at the fans. You'll pretty much find full stadiums across the MLS right now, if not full, very oh, yeah. close to full capacity. Oh, yeah. And oh, it's yeah. fun. And it's it, the clocks are there. The fans are in full force. Uh, it's an exciting experience. I had a great experience with the Philadelphia Union, even though they didn't play that game because of thunderstorms. That's when no. I met Chris. <laughs> yeah. Ever, 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 <laughs> my entire life. But, you know, the, the whole stadium was uh, it was a decent-sized crowd, and uh, the fast food was kicking in, man. I mean, they were selling yeah. everything. And, uh, it, you know, and that's why in Portugal, their lack of creativity, you know, uh, the, they still selling termos and puvizzi, caralho. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, imperials, and that's it. I'm with no, you. No, the, the, the big three, they sell more. They sell yeah. more. The big three, no, the they little sell ones. favorite school. Yeah, the little ones, nothing, and no alcohol in the stadium. I mean, maybe it's a good thing, and we'll get into Portuguese fans in a second. Maybe it's, it's a good thing, but it's a good thing because if yeah. they're already throwing rocks without alcohol, imagine exactly. Yeah, they do drink it just before the game. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I know they still do. Yeah, you got a good point. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, and last quick point. Uh, just my conspiracy theory, and I'm going to try to check up on it on every game now. I've noticed that Ruben Amuring on the bench, he'll sit without a mask. When he gets up to then talk to the players, he puts the mask on. Yeah, that's some weird shit. <laughs> my theory is that he doesn't, he expects people not to recognize him with the mask on, so Spartan can actually get fined. So respect to Ruben. Uh, but I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on that for next game. Since, <laughs> since he's not the head coach, if you look at the Fisher Jogo, it says uh, Emmanuel Ferro. Emmanuel Ferro, yeah. Okay, so he's been, since he's, sporting, uh, he's been the coach of sporting since like uh, October. Since yeah, since uh, Lionel Ponce. Yeah, since, but yeah. since he's not the head coach and he's considered part of the staff, the staff on the bench, if you paid paid attention, they all have the mask on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. They have yeah. to. It's they the to, the yeah. rules. Yeah. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's move on to uh sorry you get the bitch rules but the head coaches get the you get to choose rules yeah. <laughs> the, the head coach could die we don't give the shit yeah we give a shit that is expensive as hell right now we like not actually we can't afford that. we can't afford him to die right now bro investment back. he's not even paid off yet so don't worry Mateus Nunes bro he got his first start today that's his it's half, we're halfway there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we'll move on to uh, Bruno Carvalho news. Last week, we uh, gave him news that he was exonerated of uh, all crimes uh, dealing with all shit. Uh, and then 
since then we've seen him go on at least I want to say four talk shows at least. Um, with um, hey, I like the guy, but with a, a pretty mean cleanup job. Let's be real, uh, trying to clean up his image uh, and really already making a force to um, candidate or, or I mean, first get recognized as a saucy again, but then run for presidency uh, for Sporting in, in about two years' time. Um, I'll ask all three of you, but Nando, I'll, I'll quickly pass it off on you. What, what are your thoughts so far with this whole campaign that Brun Carvalho is uh, spewing up? Yeah, good for him, man. Fucking milk the shit out of it. Even if uh, even if nothing comes out of it and, and people still continue to hate him or the ones that hate him continue to hate him, the ones that love him will continue to love him. Um, <clears throat> if, if it was me and after everything that I had to lose, oh, yeah, I'd go on every single channel and I would make sure the last thing you remember before going to bed is, you know, my face and everything that I had to go through. Um, I have no problems with that whatsoever. He definitely looks like he's firing at all cylinders. He looks like he's been ready and waiting and ramped up to answer all these questions. I haven't really seen him, um, you know, stutter at any kind of, uh, uh opposition thus far. Um, uh, the only thing I'll take from it or two things I'll take from it. One justice, justice was served. We've been talking about that for a while. I think we're all here in agreement that, uh, we believe obviously that assembly should have never been, um, should have never been had because everybody knows that that was had because of the attack on Al-Kushit, so therefore we can't go back in history, but let's try to at least right the ship and make the man a uh, saucy again. Um, but the other thing that really, really, really ticked me off was Sporting's Comunicado after the fact, when um, when they released their statement regarding everything that happened. It's almost like Sporting spewed a uh, 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 disappointing tone, like they were mm -hmm. really frustrated and just mm -hmm. disappointed all in all at what came from it. And I think everybody here would probably agree on that too. Yep. That really, really pissed me off. Instead of showing some sort of solidarity and some sort of remorse or some sort of, you know, hey, listen, um, what happened happened. Let's hope it never happens again. But also let's try to – they could have taken the opportunity. But Anders could have taken the opportunity. Um, he swore that while he's president, Brun Carvalho would have never been forced out of Saucy. They could have come out and done something and said something to show some respect um, for the individual, because if the law did, even if it already screwed up a good part of his, uh, of his personal career, um, Spartan completely missed the ball on that one in the market. That really pissed me off. Agreed. Agreed. Steph, I'll, I'll pass that right off to you as well. What, what are your thoughts so far? Well, I think, uh, uh, like, uh, Nando said, uh, justice was served. Uh, the court goes by evidence, what they see in front of them. It's not by, uh, uh, personal opinions of A, B, C, D, or E. Um, so <clears throat> they didn't see anything concrete. They didn't see anything that uh, he was the mastermind behind the whole scheme. Um, I, know, I know people, they still blame him for that. But the, just remember, the court system is not a newspaper. It's not a... Uh, uh, CNN or in this case CMTV and uh, TVE, they have to see evidence, and evidence wasn't found. And and in our day and age, with all the digital media that we have, they had WhatsApp, they had uh, text messaging, they had emails, they had tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of paper, tons of supposedly evidence, and um, and nothing, nothing was found. So uh, that's good news for, for the uh, citizen, Grunt Kirvad. They destroyed his life, and uh, he got divorced in between all this whole mess. 
his kids got in, they got in the, directly involved in school. They would bully his daughters. This is stuff that people don't realize how much this guy went through for two years. For two years, he wasn't allowed to say anything. And I'm glad it's over for him. I think uh, if I was Bruno Carvalho, to tell the truth, I wouldn't even try to be associate sporting. I wouldn't even try to be a president of sporting. I would just be, I would be done with sporting. Uh, but this just this shows you how much he loves sporting. That is, he wants to be a associate again and he wants to run for president again. Uh, so for, for people to think it's, it's because of financial gain or whatever it might be, if that was the case, then I'm pretty sure Verandas and his administration by now, they would have said, this is how much money he made of sporting and this and that. But nothing came out because there's nothing they can prove of, of that nature. So uh, I'm glad he still wants to be associate of sporting. If, if Fernandez was smart, but he's not, and his administration, because as you can see, they strive on revenge and they strive on, on getting back. Uh, if he was smart, the first thing he would have said, like Nando said, it was very poorly written. They would mention that our ex-president, Brun Carvalho, was not guilty, and that's a good thing, uh, because if like it or not, he was the president of Sporting. So that's a good thing that our president was found not, not guilty. There's other presidents from other clubs that they were found guilty. They were found guilty against crimes. So we remain a And club. those fans still support those presidents, and we can't even get yeah. together and, and defend the fact that that's a good news for Sporting, exactly. but he's not attached exactly. to it. Exactly. And then to wrap it up, um, uh, Brun Carvalho, Finally, he got justice d done on his favor. Um, and and Verandes, if he was smart, the first thing he would do, he would give him this uh, socio back, his uh, status of socio back. And that possibly could reunite the, the Sportingistas, a gesture like that. By him going back and say, you know what? O nosso presidente Bruno Carvalho foi provado que ele não é culpado. Agora é mais que justo levar a sociedade, a sociedade Trash. And a lot of the sporting pieces that like Bruno Carvalho will look at Varandas and say, you know what? He's doing something decent for the first time. And he's going back with his promise, which his promise was from the get-go that he would never kick out Bruno Carvalho out of sporting. And he did that. He allowed that. So it just shows you that Varandas is not smart. Because if he was smart, that's what it, that would be the perfect coup. It would be saying, I'm giving back. We are going to go for Nage and give back uh, the uh, Sociedad or Cidadan Brun Carvalho because he's not guilty. But the real president of Sporting is not Verandas. The real president of Sporting is Rosario Alves. And that's where the problem is because Veranda doesn't have cojones. And that's all. Yeah. I, I'm really happy for Brun Carvalho that he was acquitted. Very, very happy. Agreed. Agreed. And last but not least, Christian, what are your thoughts, dude? Yeah, I mean, you guys probably have heard most of my opinions on, on all, all this. And I'm sure as a listener, you probably have your mind made up at this point about how you feel about everything. But I'm just going to use my block here to take an opportunity to, to give you a PSA. 
um, on July 1st, so about a month from now, they're going to renumber all the sausages at Sporting, something that happens every five years. Basically, if you have, if you're, if your if your dues aren't up to date, they're going to get rid of your number. And you know, let's say if you're number four, for example, and number two and three don't pay, then you become second now. You know, so basically, Actually, they, you know, you know, they make an, an exception, For which is, uh, uh, I think it's uh, even if you behind twenty four months or twenty months, you're still good to go. If you're oh. behind. Yeah, bro. I I just paid until January just in case. Hey man, I, I got I, I've got off, nothing bro. to be ashamed about, man. I I stopped paying after that whole Takanoku shit. The days you don't even have to pay back. You just have wow. to. You got to pay a certain amount. You, mm. uh, and you don't even have to pay back. You. This, you this, this I'm pretty sure you got to pay an amount. On, what's going on on Twitter with uh, Bencada Liano Pedro do Sporting Cincuenta and uh, other fans, and apparently. Uh, if if even if you're late, I think it's 20 months. If you start paying your dues now, they still they still will allow you to be part of it, and 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 I don't think it's fair. I think there's a, there's a discount for sure. They sent me an email, and I'm actually trying to find it right now, uh, which they told me what I was what I, I'm trying to pull it up right now, actually. Um. Yeah, so like the last – oh, damn, I just had it pulled up. I just know that it's almost a full 100 euros that I get in the discount if I decide to jump in and pay now versus um, wow. just not paying at all. Yeah, yeah. basically what I was going to say is that, you know, obviously if we're going to have to all vote in two years on a new president. Um, I mean, don't. there's no point in losing your number, especially if you had your yeah. number for several years and you have – five votes or whatever, 10 votes. And just the past year, you've decided that you don't want to do it anymore. Like there's, there's no point in losing your number right now. That, that's all. I, that's all I wanted to make the point and say, it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, the very little say that we have is the bullshit voting system. And it is a bullshit system, but it's literally, especially for us outside the United States, like we can't even vote in the regular AGs and stuff like that until there's online voting. So, I mean, we literally have no other course of action. So don't give up your number. I mean, obviously there's a tough financial times and if it doesn't make sense for you, it doesn't make sense for you. But if you're in a position to, to do it, I mean, like Steph said, if you only have to get behind a certain amount of months, so you pay off like four months, so you're still behind, but you keep your number, just do do whatever you have to do to keep your number. Basically. Basically for a club called Sporting Club Portugal, uh, Surely, when it's election time, and as it is, we don't act like a club that's named Sporting Club of Portugal. Because even uh, if you li if you listen to the Sporting One Sixty podcasts, the the number one complaint that the uh, Portuguese Sportingistas complain about is if you're from the north, uh, they they expecting you to travel all the way down to the south to vote on certain uh, as is. It's like unreasonable. So it's they like should I at least go down to Washington D.C. on like a Thursday afternoon for no reason. You know, it's like yeah. they should have at least a, a system built that you could go to your closest nuclear, because it's Sporting. Mm -hmm. They they have a uh, Lanu Norte, because it's Solar, if I'm not mistaken. 
And then in, in the south, like by Algarve, they have a ton of different casas uh, de sporting. And that's how they should do it. It shouldn't be just, it feels like only the sporting geese from Lisbon have a say. It's an entitled shit. And that, to me, it's, it's insulting. Like, why is a sporting geese from Lisbon entitled to all the say, to all the decision making, and the, someone from the north of Portugal can even say, can even decide anything? But in the, in the meantime, they want me to pay my dues. I'm good enough for that, though, you know? And so, then if, even if your dues are up to date, you still have to hope that they, they mail you your paper ballot in time, which is time, yeah. a clusterfuck, because everything that they do is a clusterfuck, so... I mean, I changed everything to, to my father's address. Uh, he lives in Portugal now, so now he gets everything. It's easier that way anyway. So in 20... They, they make it horrible for people outside of Portugal to pay that oh, damn yeah. shit, though. It's oh, awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, 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 the only thing I, I was liking about the uh, Bananas administration was the e-voting. That I was going for 100%. They brought they it up two months ago again. They, every, they yeah, bring they, it up every couple of months, but they, they never... They really it. want that. They, they really was... They were pushing for that, but then... When you talk to different people, they they still fighting it, saying it's not a good system. It can easily be corrupted. It can easily be changed. Yeah. But the system we have in place now, it can easily be changed as well. So exactly. in, in, in this case, you're going to have to spend some money. What you're going to have to do is, is uh, get a third party that runs the show, the e-voting show. And, of course, you're going to have to pay them. Uh, everything comes with a price and then that third party will be neutral and uh, will guarantee that the results are 100% uh, valid. Uh, but I think it's doable and for me and uh, for, for for example, Jack Costa the, from Australia, if he wanted yeah. to vote, then we could and we would be part of it and we would feel more that... Uh, being part of the history and the decision making of who's going to be the president, what what needs to be changed in certain ages, but because we live overseas, we can make that trip all the way to Portugal purposely just to vote for that age. I mean, I'm I'm preaching to the choir, but I think that uh, that was the the thing, the one thing I liked about the Valenda's administration. Yeah, yeah, he did promise that, but. So far, so in, 2018, in 2018 election, my ballot came like a week and a half before the election. Like my paper yeah, yeah. ballot. But I mean, I mailed it back, but it's like, did my vote even get counted? Did it get back in? It didn't get there on time. Probably not. Yeah. Right? It's like, so how, like, that's your system is like, I can maybe vote if you're competent enough. Like, that's not, that's not a real system. Yeah. And I, I hate the fact that people, they, they come up with, with a lot of excuses saying, ah, I don't think this is a good system to you voting. There's always, there's all excuses. So it goes around around in circles and nothing gets done. And we, we back to the same fucking little box with a slot and you put your vote inside and you and I, that we pay dues from, from Canada and the United States. We have no say. And that pisses me off. Yeah. Agreed. Like, like Christian was saying, you know, we can maybe vote us immigrant uh, sausage, but one thing's for sure, they're getting our money. 
so that's that's extremely bullshit. Um, my quick thoughts, I think, uh, just yeah, it's a it's a it's a mean cleanup that the guy's going through. I I kind of wanted to relate the Brun Carvalho into uh, what's currently happening in Befica, um, because uh, obviously yesterday uh, their bus got attacked on their way back to Seychelles. Um, two players hurt, uh, Vigel or Vigel, who came from Dortmund not too long ago, and Zivkovic. I believe it was Zivkovic with the with the eye patch. Um, yeah. One point that uh, that I think isn't being mentioned at all is uh, Bazdost got attacked. Yes, he got stitches. Yes, but a few days later he played the Tasa Portugal final. Will Zivkovic be fit to play with one eye? I highly doubt it. Um, and, and it's 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 clearly not a it's clearly not a sparking problem as, as, as many have, have thought or as the Olympians would mention before. It's clearly a Portuguese fan problem. It's a Portuguese maybe mentality. Um, but more so, it, it's violence in Portugal in terms of the clubs. Uh, I want to relate it more to how the media is taking it and not so much bash Benfica, but uh, bash the media for um, certain comments that Luis Fliviera had said. Luis Fliviera apparently had attacked the players or, or had stern words for the players just before. Um, but there has not been one mention of uh, of inciting violence from, from the Benfica president uh, like they did Bruno Carvalho. Um, another another thing is is this isn't a terroristic attack, yet they're vandalizing these players' homes. So they clearly know where they live. Uh, and that's that's something serious. That's, that's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, and yeah, I, I, my main point on that was just how how bullshit really the media is is taking it in terms of uh, in terms of uh, Benfica side there and and how when it was sparking it was twenty four seven it was in your face constant news constant attacks constant um, constant mention of Juve Leo. Uh I have when I was just watching RTP just now. Not one mention of no name boys. Not one mention of, of Befica's whatever they are, clocks, sausage organizados, whatever they are. Not one mention of them. Uh, I, I, I'm again not an attack so much on the club itself. I, I find it more on the on the Portuguese media. I find it disgraceful um, how they treat one club way better than they do another, and how they they're more sensitive and tiptoeing on one subject when it's very similar to the one that we went through with with Elk shit. Um, I'll pass it off to, to whoever wants to start with this. What, what are your thoughts on on what just happened with Befica, guys? I'll go. I'll go ahead, and I I feel the same way. Um, I'll go even a little bit deeper and further with this. It's uh, this is an embarrassment for Portugal itself, the country, the judicial system, and the law enforcement system, and uh, also the clubs. Uh, they have the uh, the tendency of having a lay the disallow. And um, and now they they um, they collecting the the uh, the negative effect of not doing anything significant to these um, fans, which are not fans. They shouldn't be allowed in any sports arena. If they if they they find out who who threw the rocks at those player players, they should be banned forever. If they were sporting geeses or beefy geeses or British or whatever might be the case, we don't know who it was. They're suspecting it was the clacks to be fika, but they don't know. Uh, I'm not going to say it was because they're still uh, investigating it. But whoever it was, they need to be make them examples of it. 
and strip if if they were bifikisis, let's say, and sausage to bifika, they should strip away this this sausage bifika. They should ban them away from bifika stadiums and all sports arena. Not only sport bifika, all sports arena, and and the same thing if it was Portuguese or Super Dragons or Juventulinina, whoever it was. That's what needs to happen. The justice in Portugal needs to be tough. They need to be harsh. They need to make examples of these clowns. These clowns do not represent the institution of Sporting Lisboa Bifica by any means. It's a small minority. I'm not a, a dumb person. I can realize that myself. Uh, just like Alcuset, it was just a, a, a handful of people. It was not the, all the Sporting Gises. All the Sporting Gises are good people, married with kids. You know, uh, they go to work every day, full-time jobs. So uh, people forget that football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, it's an entertainment. It's nothing more than that. It's just to enjoy at home with your friends and your family. It's not to to uh, uh, create chayva or hate or I hate this guy because he's very fiquista I don't hate anybody, actually. You know, I might have disagreements with a penalty kick on offside or something like that, or you know, disagree that hey, your club won this year because of corruption, because of news we saw on, on a ball or record. But yeah, at the end of the day, I'm still going to be friends with my Benfica friends and Portuguese friends. I'm not going to talk, you know, say I'm not going to talk to you because you're from Benfica or you're from Porto. That's that's crazy. Um, so this this whole thing, I blame it on on the. League, uh, uh, the league, Portuguese League, I blame on the Federação and Portugal, the, the judicial system and law enforcement, because they too slow in reacting. They don't do anything. They let it happen. We have so many examples. How many times were bus bus uh, attacked? This is not the first time. How many times? Uh, the, how many uh, fans died in Portugal? In my count, we have Rui Mendes. We have uh, Marco Ficini. And nothing was done. Uh, if anything, they protected the uh, the uh, the murderer of Marco Ficini. They, they got him a top lawyer. Why? Why you as a club would you protect such a criminal? I would make him an, a, an example out of him. I wouldn't protect him. Uh, and that bothers me that in Portugal, they see things completely the other way. Instead of, of acting on it and, and making them examples, and kicking them out of the sport arena. We have no space for people like that. Uh, it's just a soccer game, guys. I mean, I was pissed at Sporting tired against Guimarães because we should have won the game. But at the end of the day, you know what? It, it, it is what it is. And, uh, and you know, and, and, and that that's basically all I have to say. It really bothered me when I saw those two players from Benfica get injured. Um, there's no space for that in sports, bro. I hope they find them and they make it really examples out of them, severe examples. Like people uh, forget that the Alka shit, there's people going to jail for that. There's a handful of guys, you know, like 12 or something going to jail for that. So it's not, and Sporting, if anything, they collaborated with the justice. Uh, they they gave all the evidence they could to police and judiciaria. They, they never said, oh, don't do it. They... Sporting Club Portugal actually acted upon it and they gave everything they to law enforcement, everything they asked for, they gave it to them computers, emails, text messages, everything. And that was a proper thing to do. Uh, I, you know, as much as I hate Verandas in that aspect, 
we had to give everything to law enforcement. We had to collaborate with them because a crime was committed. We need to find who committed it. And uh, and thumbs up to Sporting because we do everything different than the other clubs. Like we had the Ucas Cardinal, Ucas uh, Cashball. Do we have those dirigents at Sporting? No. All these dirigents are gone from Sporting. Uh, you know, our, our Befiquisa friends and Portisha friends, they love to talk about, oh, Cardinal, Cas Cardinal. What did Sporting do? The first thing we did was kicking that son of a bitch out of our club, Gustavo. He was kicked out of the club right away uh, because we don't tolerate, we don't promote corruption. Uh, but if you look at Porto and Benfica, they applaud it. Pinta Costa is still there. Luis Fiat is still there. So yeah. don't give me the bullshit that they were never involved in corruption because they were. It's difficult to prove. Yes. Was Sporting involved in corruption? Potentially, yes. They were involved in corruption. But we kicked them out of the club. You don't have Ujeralds at Sporting. He's at France, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cashball is going to score. Huh? He just stepped down, actually. So, but that's that's the difference between between Sporting, Porto, and Benfica. We kick them out of our club. They keep them and applaud them and support them. You know, you talk to a Portista and they say, There's so many videos on YouTube that you can find. You talk to a Benfica, they say, So why are you so afraid of Rui Pinto? Yeah. You know, why are you so yeah. afraid of Rui Pint? Yeah. Because Rui Pint knows a lot of stuff, not only about soccer, even at the government level. That's bigger than people yeah. think. But anyway, to wrap it up, yeah. you know, it, what happened to the uh, Befica bus, it was an embarrassment for Portugal. I hope those two players get well soon. I don't wish anything bad to uh, our opponents. Uh, and uh, I hope it never happens again. And I hope they catch those uh, perpetrators and and they get punished severely, very severely. Agreed. Agreed. Christian Hernando, which one of you guys want to take it next? I'll let Chris take this one. Yeah, I mean, go, um, go ahead, Chris. Basically, my only takeaway from all of this is the the most powerful people in, in all these situations and in, in influencing opinion is the media. I mean, they not only in Portugal, in the U.S. too, yeah. they yeah. decide the discourse. They okay what the discourse is. They decide what confines you're allowed to even speak on a certain subject within. So, yeah. I mean, for, for this, I mean, obviously it's like, oh, oh the Alcochef is, is a terror attack, and this is just like, you know, run-of-the-mill, like, Banned violence that needs to be denounced. But I mean, another problem here, especially with comparing it to Alcochef, is Alcochef was such a perfect storm of everything. It was a president that multiple, you know, groups of, of people wanted. Some people within the club wanted him out of the club. People in the media, people who you know were sympathetic to Benfica or Porto, also had reason to dislike him. It was just a perfect storm, and Alcochet was just kind of. It wasn't the act of Alcochet itself so bad because here, here we go. I mean, obviously they broke into the training ground, they hit some players, 
not saying it was good. I'm just saying that like worse attacks have happened in in history. Um, no one died or anything. Um, but yeah, obviously it was bad. But basically, it's it was just used players that had wanted out of the club for years, an excuse to 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 tarnish the president that they all wanted out. So it did it. shit was just an opportunity to do the things that they had already wanted to do, and it basically provided people with opportunities. This, like, no one wants Luis Vieira out of power. I mean, he is power. I mean, mean, he Mm. stops with him. I mean, he runs the whole country. So there's no no opportunity here to to do anything. I mean, it it is glossed over and quite insane that the Benfica fans who are not even supposed to be technically in in an organized clack know the addresses of all their star players house and and go to their houses and threaten yes, them that's early. a good point that's a in good the, point chris and the earlier how, how would they know specifically where brunlas Rafa, and uh, is uh, somebody had to let them know and that's, if i if, if i am Benfica, i'm concerned now i'm i'm thinking the same way you're thinking i forgot to mention that like, how the fuck did these guys know exactly where to go? It was leaked by someone. Was this done purposely? And who is the leaker? Just this, aside. Literally, this yeah. just conversation, this is already more grounds. I mean, it, you could just, this is enough evidence to just publicly indict. You could say, Luis Vieira leaked the addresses of the players and told the fans to go give them a little warning. Isn't mm-hmm. that exactly what Bruno Carvalho was accused of? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I yes. was just gonna say, if this is Bruno Carvalho, if this is under Bruno Carvalho, the outrage there, but the outrage it there. would be, it would be twenty-four hours on CMTV and TVE, yep. replaying it, replaying it. Yep. The problem, like you said, it's Befica. So mm-hmm. Befica is protected by the media. But I agree with you. And someone brought it up, and they said, "How the fuck did these guys know exactly where they lived?" And, and I don't know how they knew, but they knew. They knew. They knew exactly where they lived. And and the throwing of the stones, the throwing, the throwing of the stones to the bus, it was just like Alcuset. Alcuset, it was supposed to be just to scare the players, and then he went south. And the throwing of the stones to the bus, it was the same thing. It was just to scare the players, but it actually, they did hurt two players. I don't think they meant to, to hurt the players, but it went south, and they did, you know, Injured uh, those two players, and it was exactly like our shit. It was you just supposed to scare them, scared. just scare them, and he went and they fucked up and he went south. If you have yeah. the ambition and the will, you can make this story as bad as you so choose to make it. There's like a certain floor you have to cover it, you have to say that it's bad, like there's a floor of what you have to do, but we clearly know that there's no ceiling. You want to start conspiracy theory. You want to start indicting people. You want to start saying these people are involved. You want to start leaking anonymous things that say like, "Oh, this guy said that he knows that these people were connected." Like, you could make it however big you wanted, but they just there's there's obviously no desire to do that, and there is honestly probably fear of what would happen to you if you did start to go down that path. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well said, Nando. If you want to chime in, yeah, but you know, oh, every, sides, bro. yeah, everybody's nailed it, man. It's um, 
it's all uh, opportunity. You know, that's all what the media wants. The media is ran by Benfica and then Porto kind of fades in and out here and there in terms of power in the media. Um, and it's just uh, like Chris said, it's the perfect storm came about for Sporting. The results weren't there. Bruno Carvalho being an outspoken president. Um, and they ran with that shit, man. And what happened happened. And no one's here clapping and saying, like, I'm glad that Alco shit happened. No one's saying that. But what came from Alco shit should have never happened. Ever. Period. It, it, it is what it is. It's not like, you know, Bruno Carvalho went out there with a gun like that dude from Greece, uh, Olympiacos or whatever. Um, you know, justice uh, was, was quote unquote, served two and a half years later or whatever. Um, Benfica and their you know, group of organized fans and the bullshit that they've been pitching for years about how they do not sympathize with Glocks and they're not all for Glocks. And then we know that, you know, fans have access to players' uh, addresses. Um, you know, Benfica lets uh, their their group of organized fans with the no-name boys and the Abbasville Majors just completely dominate that section of the stadium and so forth and so on. You know, it's just – it's all bullshit, dude. And it's, it's – it's, um, the media doesn't care about that because the media is ran by Befica. They they don't care. And more importantly, uh, Chris nailed it, fans of Porto and Befica don't give a shit because they know that their teams have been winning and been successful for years. No Portista gives a damn if Pinta Costa paid for a Pintorado or Fruta or whatever in the 90s and 2000s. They don't give a shit. They don't. To them, it's like, yo, we played well anyways. We're going to win anyways. They, they turn a blind eye. You think a Befiquista is ever going to look at you or me or even themselves and admit like, oh, man, we did some corrupt shit. No, man, they've been so pissed off that Porto's been dominating Portugal. They want to win at all costs. And more importantly, if there was ever one year that they wanted to win at all costs was the year that George Zeus almost won it for Sporting. No, absolutely not. They don't care. They're going to continue to turn a blind eye. They're going to continue to act like as if uh, that wasn't that serious. And uh, the media is just going to eat it up like such or completely uh, ignore it, sweep it under the rug. And um, – and keep it moving. It, there's a completely a huge double standard in Portugal. Has been, will continue to be. Um, what makes me sad is that we no longer have a president who's going to stand up to that and shine light on that. Instead, we have a president who's going to not say a word about it, or if anything, cozy up and get closer to the teams that we should be beating, not befriending. Facts. Facts. Um all right. With that being said, I don't know if anything else you guys want to mention. Anything else in the world of Sparting? If we missed anything? Um, I don't think so, though. Um, I will say one more thing. I'll stand up for my boys in Juve, because they. Mm. I mean, obviously, they it wasn't it wasn't a Juve Leo coordinated attack, and they, much like Brun Carvalho, they just got thrown under the bus, like. It was just some members of Jubileo. The leader didn't even organize it. Yeah. We know. You know? So, and, no, and then to tie it back around, I mean, are no-name boys just being – is no-name boys synonymous with terrorists in the media right now? No. Not at all. Really even mentioned, you know? Like, Jubileo was like – it was like bad if you were like. Oh, Juvelo has never killed anyone that I'm aware of. If you were even affiliated with Juvelo at that time, you were considered like bad, you know, by just association. Yeah. No consistency whatsoever. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, like I said, it, it's a shame. 
It's a shame that uh, one club gets treated like, I don't know, very sensitive on these subjects. And then the other one, like us, we just got shit. We just got shitted on. We, we, uh, there was no way for any evidence. It was just constant bashing of our club. Whereas with them, they're very delicate on even releasing names on, on anything like that. And, uh, yeah, I think you guys nailed it right on the head. Um, all right, boys, another great podcast. Love doing this one as well. That's podcast number 70. Want to give a quick shout out to our comments. Our boy, Jose Costa Jorge, all the way down under. Uh, we had Jordan joining us today. We had, of course, Johnny Buckets, although the king of New York, joining us today. Um, we had Darush coming in today a bit uh, a bit in the comments. We also had, um, where's my guy, Pedro Fernandes joining us early. And, of course, and of course, first comment right before the video started, Juicebox. Uh, special shout out to you guys. Thank you guys for listening and joining us today. Special shout out to everybody in our in our mentions on Twitter. Don't forget to follow us there at Sporting160 underscore EN. Um, shout out to Sam Fonseca for the question as well. Um, follow us on Instagram, Sporting160 EN. Make sure to pa- make sure to pay your cottage. I just got a new one, a new card in the mail, by the way. I don't know if you guys did too. Wait, did it have the Repsol thing? Yeah, it did. I never did. got mine, bro. I don't. Fuck them, bro. They just don't send it. They know. They know <laughs> and they're like, yo, we can't give him a ballot, dude. He just <laughs> yeah, you too. yeah, facts. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, uh, boys, it's been a pleasure. And guys, yes, don't forget to pay your cottage because uh, they, they probably will steal that shit. Um, yeah, I have to pay mine t- right now as we speak. <laughs> all right, boys, thank you all for joining us. And uh, that's a wrap. That's spot, that's podcast number 70. Hopefully, I was just trying to do the math real quick. Maybe by like October, November, we'll probably hit 100. Um, wow. Considering we might do one of these a week and then a few in the summer. Yeah. Um, no, so that's exciting. Quick, we always get a quick influx when we like fire a coach and bring a new coach in. So we've got a couple of those <laughs> that I'll probably bring around. <laughs> we might I, have uh, two different presidents by then. That's right. That's right. We're <laughs> that's, that's what, coaches, whatever. Coach. Presidents, hopefully. Fuck. 18 coaches, by the way, too, in the last uh, six, seven. I don't know how many years. I saw somebody tweet it the other day. I think it was 18 coaches. Just think about and that. For some reason, I, I totally believe you. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I retweeted. I forgot exactly what number, but just just think about that. Just 18 We're coaches. on four this year, and I think the Paulo Bento year, when he was sacked, we also had like four or something like that. No? Or I'm, I'm sorry, the Gouding Lops year, where we came in seventh. I think we had like four or five, too. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Viva Sporting and ciao. Ciao. Ciao.